This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have an industry legend with me, Joanna Manassas, here with me by way of Pilates, by way of Printing House, here from the Azores, by way of Paddleboard. So welcome to the show, and why don't you give your background, because you've been uh, helping people for a long time get to their physical and mental um, peaks and try to stay at those levels. So why don't you talk about what you've done, and then we'll talk about what you're going to do and what you're doing. Thank you. I started in the uh, movement industry back in 1998, 99-ish. I came to New York City to take Saturday Night Live by storm. Whoa. Yeah. As a, as what? Comedian. Nice. The comedian. like it. Yeah. And? And four years into serving tables at some of the finest restaurants in okay. New York City and some of the finest dives. Union Square Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mario Batali's Lupa was one of them. Oh. I decided that uh, it probably wasn't good that I wanted to start hitting people over the head with the specials boards. Ah. That had been about 13 years in the service industry, so decided maybe it's time to do something else. Better than memorizing the specials, though, Correct. I guess, right? although that's how I stayed fresh oh. in my monologues and things. I used to take an order of up to 10 people without writing a single thing wow. down. If you did it, I would be okay with it, but some <laughs> other people do, and they're not good at it, and they mess up the entire order. I'm like, fuck. Dude, do you want to just write yeah, this down? Yeah, yeah, write that shit down. Right, right. So I had always been an athlete from a very young Obviously. age. Obviously. Oh, thank you. How no, so? No How so? Is it the pipes? No, I mean, you're the oh. first person to wear a tank top on the show, but I mean, hey, it's that's awesome. It's hot outside. It's hot outside. It it's like 45 outside. degrees. No, it's not. It's close to 60. You have wow, to get outside. I've been out, yeah, I've been out yeah. in a couple of hours. Hey, look, there's no dress code here, so just, you know, you, you wear well. Thank you. And yeah, you got guns. Okay, so Thanks. we'll put that in your caricature. Appreciate also, that. So people fantastic. Know fantastic. Continue. I'm sorry to divert my attention from myself. And no you. problem. No problem. Continue. I then took one Pilates class. I was a starving artist, as I said, working in the restaurant business, and I could afford a $25 a year membership at the Carmine Recreation Center, downtown West Village, Manhattan. Wow. Loved it. Rusty weights, a couple cardio machines, and uh, jump rope. I did what my, else do you need not, when it really much, comes down to it, right? Not much. Now I'm all about the body like weight. Exactly. Exactly. So... <laughs> Pilates was everywhere. People were talking about Pilates, Pilates. Actresses, models were being interviewed. How do you stay in shape? Pilates, Pilates. I had never been a group fitness person, and group fitness at the time was spinning and step class. Wasn't much my thing, but I was very curious about this Pilates. So I took one class at this Carmine Recreation Center and fell in love. I don't know exactly why I felt longer, taller, stronger. I do now, rolling around on my spine and rotation and extension. Nobody was doing that back then. Mm -hmm. uh, tons of oxygen to the spine and the brain. And I thought, how can I do this 
stay in shape myself, help other people stay in shape, and finally hone my craft in the theater and start doing some work in the theater and not serving tables. Researched it, Stop Pilates in Canada came up. That's where my oh, family yeah, sure. had immigrated to years before from the Azores Islands. And I just decided to pack up four years of New York and go and immerse myself in the full year comprehensive program. Wow. That was all wrapped up in a pretty little anatomical bow. And after I was certified, I got my first job in Bermuda for three months and uh, was invited back to Stott to become a master trainer for them. I spoke a couple languages and just started traveling the world, speaking in different languages, teaching people all about Pilates. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how it all started. So you came back to New York? Came back to New York after a few years and... Needed a gym membership. I was living in the West Village. I was told that the Printing House Fitness and Racket Club was a really cool place to be. I went and I started teaching one Matt Pilates class in trade of a membership. And then the group fitness manager asked me if I was Pilates certified on the apparatus. And I said yes. And boom, an eight-year program was born and it was fantastic. From there, uh, the corporate monster... You know who you are. Came in. <laughs> Starts with a knee and ends with an uh, X. I debated signing on the dotted <laughs> line, but thought, you know, maybe it's time after it had been at that point 12 years in New York, maybe it's time to move to the ocean. You know, it was in my veins. I wanted to get back to that type of lifestyle after, you know, city slicking and New York City wasn't doing the theater thing. But my clients were all very, one, supportive and two, pushy. Nope. Now is not the time. Just go mm -hmm. find a space. Get a couple machines. Paint the walls white. Light some incense. Throw some music Thinking on. Thinking 100% on your behalf and not for theirs. No, I'm just kidding. Correct. I just didn't yes, want you course, to stay around. Like, yeah. I don't want to lose my Pilates It's quite instructor. the compliment. And, you know, they Come all on. bought a huge package. I found this beautiful live workspace, quintessential downtown Manhattan loft, a block from the World Trade Center. Uh, that was being built. It was a big hole back then, and this was in 2010. Mm. And was there until another corporate monster came in and uh, gutted it, made it a two-bedroom, and charged three times the amount of rent for it. And that happened, uh, I left in July of last year, yeah. But you went back to the, to the birthplace of... I went back of... to the birthplace, to the roots... Uh, that's the Azores. So these gorgeous nine small islands, a little archipelago in the middle of the Atlantic, just off of Portugal. I was born there and we would return quite often. And one year I returned, sadly, my father was battling um, cancer and I brought one inflatable paddleboard. Inflatable paddleboards were the thing. And about 10 years before, I had gotten on a paddleboard for the first time and got a little bored with the paddling thing. Mm -hmm. No offense to paddlers. It's quite the... We don't have any listeners awesome, that are paddlers, so fire away at them. It's a great form of exercise, no offense, but I wanted to see what it felt like to do a plank on there. Mm -hmm. And then a teaser, a Pilates teaser. And then could I stand on my head? on this moving surface on water. And boom, uh, I went with my dad. I did my own thing that summer, and but I couldn't really be on the water for more than two minutes without someone, it didn't matter what age, coming up to the board and saying, what is this? Mm -hmm. It was the first time they had seen anything like it. And that's where I had this big epiphany. Tulum's not my place. Costa Rica's not my place. The Azores, where mm -hmm. I was born. I want to bring people here. 
I want to bring people to see what nature really is, what it really smells like when you have to stop for cows in the middle of the road. I want people to taste the wine and eat the bread and break the cheese together and learn about these people that I grew up with and the hospitality. I've traveled quite a bit. I've been very lucky, but the hospitality in the Azores and the way they open their arms to the people that I bring in, you will never feel like a tourist there. So we're going into our fifth year now. Uh, it's called Body Roots Azores. The program's called Liquid Roots, and it's basically a two-decade blend of every mind-body modality that I've been lucky enough to learn, such as Pilates, yoga, barefoot training, body weight, on top of these paddle boards, which we've created into this floating fitness studio. Got it. So what is the amount of days that somebody would spend there as part of the Liquid Roots They spend tour. a full week there with us. Yeah. So there is classes on volcanic rock cliffs. Uh, you learn all about myofascia release with uh, rawology balls. And then we take all of those anatomical principles onto the water, onto the board. So not only do they leave there feeling like they've learned something about technique and anatomy, but they have a great time. And one of the things that I really encourage on the floating fitness studio is to fall. Mm -hmm. Because only when they fall do they really let go of any type of ego or I can't be the first one to fall. It's so funny. I introduced this. I, I, I started doing this last summer. So anybody that comes on to the boards, you know, they get on the board. I ensure that they get into the water first so they're already wet. And it's mm -hmm. a gorgeous sunny day. The weather there is like late um, high 70s, you know, low 80s. It's absolutely beautiful. And here you are, drop dead center of the Atlantic on this gorgeous rock of an island. And suddenly I'm introducing what's going to happen. There's 10 boards, so I'm in the center. And, and all, you can see- they're all connected to yours? Yeah, they're all oh, connected okay. by a little bungee. So there's definitely give. There's no mm -hmm. rigidity there. And everyone's scared of being the first one to fall into the water. So, you know, we work our asses off. We've got tons of stress in our lives from relationships to children to jobs. You name it. And then we go to the beach on our day off and all we want to do is lay in the sun and absorb that vitamin D and then it gets hot and all we want to do is dive into that saltwater ocean. But yet you go to that same beach on that same day off to try something super cool and new and as soon as you get on the water and you're floating on the board, you don't want to touch the water. Mm. No, I can't. So I really encourage people to play. I mean, we rock the board. We learn how to do squats. We learn all about the anatomy of the feet. And I make it so that it's play. I think we have enough jobs. We have so many jobs that we end up never sticking to our routine, whether it's the gym or whether it's a yoga class or studio or Pilates. You end up feeling stressed. I have to go. I'm this much weight. I have to drop these many pounds. Instead of actually finding something that just moves and breathes you in a way that doesn't feel like another job, doesn't feel like a chore. And once somebody finds that, then you actually realize the privilege that it is to be healthy and have no injury or feel no pain. And that's the mission with Liquid Roots is to really just have you come and experience a one-of-a-kind nature. It's truly Atlantis. There mm -hmm. are no words to define it. You have to experience it. On top of a paddleboard, on top of water, connected to this nucleus where we're all just laughing and playing. And at the end, you lay in Shavasana with some aria 
of, you know, a Fado music song. Fado is the Portuguese opera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's laughter and there's tears. It runs the gamut. And I feel really, really lucky that I can share that with people. That's, that sounds amazing. How many weeks a year are you able to do this? And, and how do people find out about it? I'm able to do it all summer long because I, my brother and I inherited my grandparents' home there. So mm -hmm. I have a little home in a small village where my father was born. I stay there and I bring two retreats per year there. So the first retreat this year is actually launching a uh, professional master training. So anyone in the fitness uh, world, Pilates instructor, yoga, massage therapy, physical therapist, anyone with an anatomy background and certification can take part in this 30-hour teacher training. Uh, and then the second one is our regular retreat, which is going into its fifth year, and that's what we call the adventure retreat. It's very different than a retreat. I mean, um, there's no, you know, silence. There's, 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 it, we, I call it no judgment yoga. Yoga, a play on words. So mm -hmm. yoga, of course, and my name is Joanna. And uh, jogar in Portuguese means to play. So oh, it's gosh. just this blend of things. And I don't want anyone to feel FOMO, like they're missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. We incorporate a, a lot into our program. For the last four years, we've learned from our previous participants what they liked, what they didn't like, and we've mastered it at this point. So we want people to take part in as many of the classes as we offer, up to two a day. Um, and if they feel like going to watch whales and dolphins. The Azores has 90% of that species just on that island. You can see plenty of those. Mm -hmm. You can go whale and dolphin watching, or you can go for an extra hike, or you can go ATV riding in the mountains. Whatever it is you feel like doing, you can do on your own. We want it to be a vacation. We want is people... It, is it... Um, do people stay in in, uh, in in your grandparents' home with you? Is there a hotel <laughs> next door? Or? Some of them do, yes. That's some a of fair them. question, The right? team. We have a couple team members um, that come from New York, and they stay with me before the retreat and after. Yeah, a lot of friends have. But we need a bigger space to house the 10 people that... Um, uh, make up part of the retreat. There's 10 boards, which is why we take 10 people. We find that's a really good number. And we house them in a, in a gorgeous hotel, which is, you know, ocean facing. Everybody has their own balcony facing the ocean. Yeah. So it's very close to the city, which is actually a UNESCO um, site, uh, protected site. It's called Angra do Iruismo. So they're walking distance from everything, from gotcha. the beach to cafes to pharmacies to shops. Yeah, they're walking distance. And then we transport them to all the other locations on the island that they get to see and experience. Gotcha. So as you've gone through helping thousands of people, uh, it sounds like over, over the years and, and having the Pilates background, as you look at where we are today in the the science related to people getting healthier and you know a number of the issues that that everyone's facing such of the ones that you've already mentioned here what what do you what's your you know crystal ball of where we're headed or you know what you, what concerns you the most I'll start with my crystal ball my crystal ball is just move Mm -hmm. Just move. It doesn't have to be about how many sets and how many reps and how much time. It's just to move. There is no magic pill. We are the magic pill. Right. And it's not brain science, you know. 
One should learn how to breathe. So many of us hold our breath. If you learn how to breathe and you actually take some time to learn a little bit of anatomical technique, pay someone who knows their shit. Like a Win Hof To type help of you know that. Mm-hmm. It could be like a Win Hof or it could be a really good Pilates instructor to help you understand sure. the diaphragm and how to breathe. Learn how to breathe and then find some sort of movement modality. And again, that could be dance. Mm-hmm. And just do that on the regular. No one needs to spend a lot of money on diets. Diets don't work. We know that. Scientifically, they don't work. Sure, you're going to cut your calories and you're going to starve yourself. You're going to lose weight. But then how do you keep that off? Sure. How do you do that in a way what, that what's you're... Your, what do you, how do you eat? What's your... I, this this is another thing. Listen to your body. I used to say that a lot as a young instructor, but that too is a skill. Like you say that to your, your students, listen to your body. What the hell does that mean? That too is an earned skill. You have to actually know how to do that. It's not watching the yoga teacher in front of you bend backwards because they're hypermobile and they've been doing that since they were born. Like we're all different. (laughs) So that goes back to hire a professional to help you understand what that means Mm -hmm. and listen to your body. And then there's nothing you can't do. There's no class you can't go into. There's no piece of weight you can pick up and know if that's for you or not for you. There's no adjustment or modification you won't learn how to make. And I really believe that modification is a sign of intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's not hindrance. If you walk into a yoga class and you grab a couple blocks and a strap, I know you know your shit. But if you look at a yoga strap or a block as you are then less than, then I know that that's just a sophomoric attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the crystal ball. Move, move. I I took a block the other day, by the way. You did? Yeah, I took my first hot yoga class. Ah. And it was fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was fucking hot. It was fucking hot. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Will you go back? Actually, I did. I will. I don't think I'll go in the front. I felt like I was a little bit of a spectacle, but... Mm -hmm. I was on my block and I was comfortable. I'll be honest with you. Like anybody who really matters doesn't give a shit what you look like. All they're right, focused great. on what they're doing. Well, I was doing. drenched. Yeah. So good for everyone. I'm sure they the, were too. They were. Yeah, I'm sure they were too. Um, so yeah. So, so that's just a crystal ball. Just, just move. move. I like just it. Just move. Um, eat as clean as you can. I believe in the 80-20, 80% of the time. I'm eating things that I like, but I that are also good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like whole grains and I try and stay away from dairy, but that's me and that's another thing. I went you vegan have about to learn. eight weeks ago. You went dairy-free eight weeks ago? Yeah, and it feel a lot better. Because I, I was listening to my body. You'd see, there you go. Yeah. Damn, you're the Saying, advanced. Stop eating cheese. I'm you're like, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Yeah, but I say it out loud is, no, I'm done. But I should because Let me ask you well. this, though. Will sure. you ever eat cheese again? I mean, I hope not. But, you know, if I might, if I haven't, if someone's cooking up a cheeseburger right. and, you know, and it's a barbecue on yeah. July 4th, yeah, I should yeah. probably have that. Does cheese make you happy? I mean, does it make people sad? I don't know. I'm asking if it makes you happy when it you eat cheese. It has in the past, but yeah. I don't miss it. But then you OD'd on the cheese probably. Correct. And then, well, right? mac and cheese is yeah. kind of like I have to go to Mac and Cheese Anonymous I once. hear you, man. So that's the 80-20. I hear you. So I used to be all or nothing. Uh, I did every cleanse, every diet. From right. the time I was 15, 16 years old, I was doing them all. And then I would binge 
I would restrict myself. I would count calories. I would weigh food. I would do all the things. And then it would go the complete opposite way. I was binging. I was eating everything I could find. And finally, probably in my late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. I started actually allowing myself to have a little bit of sugar because I am a huge sweet tooth. And when I found that on Wednesdays, I'm going to have my favorite chocolate with some mint tea in the evening. Nice. And then the rest of the days, I was back to eating things that I liked, but I knew that were better for me. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't OD on them. And then it didn't become this domino effect where I just went down the tubes and, you know, it took me months to get back to where I wanted to be. So everyone's different, you know? Some people will completely restrict themselves for a while and then be fine. Other people will, like me, have the chocolate every once in a while, as long Mm. as it's not all the time, and that is what makes up my diet. So what do you, obviously you've got personal experience and you've also got a, a, a really strong education in everything related to exercise and nutrition. Uh, I feel as I read through news articles and I get emails that come in and say, you know, you should eat these vegetables. And then the next day it's like, you should eat these fruits. And the next day I should eat these grains. And it's like, which, what should I do now? Can I eat what they sent me on Monday with what they sent me on Tuesday with Wednesday. So this this influx of information, I think, leads a lot of people to throw up their arms and say, I don't have no idea what I'm supposed to eat, what I'm not supposed to eat. I'm just reading way too many articles and I'm confused. So what's your path to simplicity or what 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 would you recommend to someone who's just starting their their fitness journey or wellness journey? I did something called the clean program that when I turned 40 changed my life because of all of those cleanses and starving myself and weighing and measuring, I couldn't figure it out. And then at 40, 40, a client of mine said, you should really read this book. The doctor's name is a cardiologist. His name is Alexander Unger, J-U-N-G-E-R. And basically the clean program has you eliminate anything that is known to cause inflammation. Big word, right? In today's day and age, inflammation. Inflammation is what causes disease and illness. So by eliminating all of these foods that, as far as we know today, cause inflammation for about anywhere from a week to three weeks, you then slowly start incorporating one of the foods that was excluded for that one to three weeks, and you get to feel what it's like in your body. Mm. So it basically saves you thousands of dollars on getting tested for allergies. And what is it that works for you? Ever since I did the clean program, mm-hmm. I tend to eat along those lines. So I'm, I'm a really big smoothie In the morning, I like to have a smoothie. And for me, my morning, I might wake up at 7 and not having my smoothie until between clients at 10 or 11. That's just me. I like my black coffee in the morning, and then I'm having my smoothie a couple couple days. Yeah, a couple days later. I don't eat for two days. (laughs) A couple hours later. But the clean program really taught me about what I thought was healthy wasn't so healthy, Mm -hmm. you know. And 
you've got to kind of try yourself to figure it out and filter out what you think is just fad or hearsay. Mm -hmm. For example, when I was in my early 20s, again, many years ago, soy was the thing. Soy protein powder, because I didn't want, whey sure, didn't work for that. me. I had figured that out. Mm -hmm. And also, I didn't want anything that was flavored, because that was more chemical. So I just wanted something that was, you know, um, vegetable type of protein uh, powder. So I found soy protein powder. And I was having soy milk in my shake with the soy protein powder and the raw spinach and kale and berries. Mm. Suddenly, a few years later, I got a seven millimeter kidney stone. Sounds larger than normal. It was very large. Got the it. doctor said, wow, that's quite impressive for a girl your size. Mm. And I was determined to have it pass myself without going under, quote unquote, the knife. And he said, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I said, give me two weeks. And I just drank a lot of water and I read up on, why am I getting a kidney stone? I eat really, really healthy. Mm. And there's two types of kidney stones. One that's acidic from a very unhealthy, greasy, fried type of diet. And another that is calcium. So mm. all of these raw greens that I was putting into my shake, all of the uh, concentration from the powders, and the, this is what I educated myself into thinking, this is how I got this kidney stone. And then I just drank tons of water and stopped having the same foods over and over again, definitely avoided anything soy, mm. and I passed the damn stone. So that was a soy kidney stone. So that's probably the most natural <laughs> of all time, right? Um, I'm just saying that, you know, certain things are healthy and yep. you're going like, to, like how about coconut water or coconut oil or avocados or, you know, there's always this new superfood, but we can OD on these types of things. Yep. Tofu, remember tofu? And sure. then it became so popular, everybody's trying to make money on it that it gets processed in a really unhealthy way and boom, somebody gets a kidney stone. Got it. So going forward, you've got Liquid Roots. You've got your client base here that sounds like they're still egging you on to get sessions with you when you, uh, when you flip filter back into Manhattan. Uh, you've had a, a, a big career here in, in Manhattan and now internationally. Over the next couple of years, what do you view as the, the paddleboard movement? Is that something that you see keep it where it is and let's just keep it special? Or do you think, well, I've got to go and produce paddle boards and I'm going to go and sell them to other resorts? How do you think about it? Because the people you influence, you have a high impact on, and now you're doing it in, in the place that you grew up and where your, your, your family's from. And I feel like some people come in here and say, well, I'm going to create this huge company. Well, for what? You're in a place where you want to be with special people. So you, maybe you've already won and there is no other part of the growth of the business plan because it's not, I'm already living the business plan. How do you feel about that? That wouldn't suck, brother. That wouldn't <laughs> suck. Not uh, even a little bit. But I feel very, very, very lucky that I was born in this little rock in the middle of nowhere where people now are discovering that this is the ultimate pause. That's the ultimate peace. We have to take ourselves away from the stresses, the everyday, the numb, to really recover, regroup. And this little island in the middle of nowhere that I was born on that I can now share 
with people is is just magical and a gem. So yeah, that's great. But I also, with all the blends and and the years of learning from masters like Ido Portal and Marlo Fiskin and just blending all of these things together, these really smart mind, body, anatomical ways to move, that connection, that mindfulness, on top of water, it's a different animal. Mm -hmm. Like we are so disconnected. When you get on top of a paddleboard surrounded by nature and no stress and all you have to do is just focus on breath, on your contact points to the board, and it's not even about going with the flow. Liquid Roots is all about being the flow, Mm -hmm. creating your own flow. There's no distraction. It's just you, the participants that are connected in that gorgeous daisy flower formation, and nature and water and breath. And you can't cheat. There's no cheating. We, as teachers, especially yoga and Pilates, we try and get people to go deep, Mm -hmm. not only spiritually, but physically. So Pilates with the transversus abdominis muscle and the deep connection to core. Mm -hmm. Don't even get me started on core. But... um, there's no cheating on whether or not you're connected to those intrinsic muscles because if you're not, you're going to keep falling. And just by teaching people the simple, tiny little basics like contact points, fingers, the feet, the breath, the point fix of the eyes and where, it is a modality that I think does not get the respect that it deserves. And once learned and taught properly, the sky's the limit. Like there is so much progression from there. I think it should be an Olympic sport. I agree. I'm just saying. On location only though. Of course, in the Azores. Yes. All right. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited about what you're doing and hopefully we can uh, experience this firsthand. I think you should come. You should bring these microphones and we should do a big thing in St. Azores. That would be amazing. Just make sure they're waterproof. (laughs) Thanks for being on. Awesome. Thanks for having me.